Greetings, Earthlings, and welcome to another episode of Conversations with Carlton. I am with my esteemed and capable and talented guest, Dr. Marcus McCray. Uh, Dr. McCray is the owner and practitioner of Excel Sports Chiropractic, and he is also the team chiropractor for the Indianapolis Colts. So welcome to the show, Marcus. Thank you uh, for coming on. Audience, this is the mega core sponsor that I mentioned we would be getting on. So we'll talk a little bit about that too. Uh, but welcome, Marcus. Welcome to the show. Um, to even get in our hit to our history would not do us justice. Suffice to say, we go back to the preteens. And so of everything, you also are my brother. Um, and so Tell our guests, I gave you a title, I gave you an introduction, but tell our guests, our audience, what uh, your life craft is. Um, like I said, I'm a chiropractor. And um, I guess like most people in the health field, it's going to sound rhetorical, but um, I want to help people. I want to um, help improve people's quality of life. And the way I do that through chiropractic is it's a um, non-medical, non-surgical approach to help people with different pain and ailments they may have. Because ultimately, you and I included, the average person just wants to continue to do what they want to do day to day, whether it's work, whether it's workout, play whatever recreational sport or professional sport, and do so with minimal pain. So that's how I, I that's, that's my life's work, just to help people uh, do that chiropractically, um, non-surgically. And I mean, a lot of times I think just what I do, my profession is a, is a um, one where you put hands on people, you touch people. And I think sometimes people um, uh, devalue the power of just touch uh, when it comes to, to healing people um, or helping them um, overcome things. Uh, a lot of times we get patients that come in that says, you know, I went to other providers and no one actually touched me or felt to see what was going on with my body and not discounting what those other practitioners had um, going on from a evaluation standpoint because a lot of times you can um, through experience just gain from verbal history or paperwork history on a, on a person kind of come to a conclusion of, of what they may have going on so that's what I do all right all right so talk to us a little bit you know I, I every episode every unsolicited genius episode i give shout out to our sponsors so i'm constantly shouting out megacore cbd uh giving folks the website but you know in summary what why cbd what is the life value add of megacore cbd products um megacore cbd products are one on natural um that's to say that we know where it's been sourced um, and they're third-party tested. When I kind of got into the CBD realm, it came via patients just because they were looking for other alternatives um, to to pain versus, you know, over-the-counter prescriptions. Um, and, you know, I knew a little bit about CBD, but not a lot. But people started bringing me um, things to the office to say, hey, is this work? And I really, I mean, it's trial and error, but I really didn't know much about these products. And and a lot of times they were a, 
significant price difference between the products that, you know, and even just from the standpoint of what they said they had in it were the same. And I couldn't understand what was the, well, was such disparity. This one's $40 and this one's $200. Um, and so that led me down the, the road of uh, looking at CBD products even more and come to find out, you know, some of the products that may be a $30 products, even though they may say they have it, this stuff in it, they're not FDA regulated. So they can put whatever they want to in it and it may not have everything they say in it. And that's why they can charge lesser value for that versus some of the other pricier ones. So I really looked at um, CBD products as this is just an alternative uh, for people to to get away from or not even get away from the substitute. I'm taking the actual, you know, Aleve or Advil because it's got a lot of different benefits, anti-inflammatory benefits. It's good for um, anxiety. And I say this CBD properties um, as um, the FDA <laughs> gets on us about making claims. Um, but these are the things that they can they can help with. And you know the, the downside of not downside upside is doesn't have any uh doesn't have any side effects. It's not happy for it. So um I can give it to my kids for growth spurts um when they have an aches and pains, it helps them sleep when they when they um just having a hard time winding down at night. Um and I don't have to worry about it being habit forming or anything or having negative side effects for them. So um it's just an alternative for patients. It's not CBD is not a it's not a cure-all everything, just like chiropractic is not a cure-all for everything, sure. but it's a it's a nice option for people who are looking for alternatives to over-the-counter medications or prescription drugs. Okay. All right. Well, you know, I, I actually learned something. I hadn't quite thought about the, you know, childhood aches and pains. You know, of course, we know head bumps and injuries of that nature, but those growth spurts come with those aches that the kids aren't always able to explain or articulate. They just know they feel it. Um, and I hadn't thought about it that way. So uh, your, your nephew might have a, 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 a I want to say prescription, but your, nep your nephew may become a client. So we'll <laughs> um, all right. So appreciate you sharing. And like I said, I'm so glad to get you on because on Unsolicited Genius, we talk headline news, we talk sports, we talk entertainment. And with you, and and just what's going on in 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 your world specifically via via the NFL draft, we can cover two of those three things in one kind of segment. So you know our headliners sports topic for the day for this for 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 um, this conversation is the NFL draft. Um, it conducted two Saturdays ago. A lot of you know post draft activity still unfolding free agent rookie free agents getting signed people getting checked out folks getting ready for uh camps i know otas have already started um and you know mel kuiper gave my giants a AA minus so i'm you know i'm happy with how my team did um you all coach made some uh moves early on um you all i have invested in um anthony richardson and so, you know, there's highs, lows, there's conversations, there's celebration, there's suits, there's grips and with uh, handshakes and grips with uh, Roger Goodell, the crowd booing Roger Goodell. So there's a lot of fun and fanfare around the NFL draft. But 
whether it's the draft, whether it's the NFL, there also are those controversies. Uh, Colin Kaepernick, um, concussions, uh, the distribution of wealth um, amongst the owners to the players, et cetera, et cetera. And so in, in your work with the Colts, and you've been doing it a lot of years, um, as you experience it, what don't people see and or understand about the NFL draft? Jump right into it. <laughs> oh, well, don't they know? I have to go back to because I was an intern athletic trainer with the Colts um, back in 2000 that summer, and it was five of us interns. And um, one intern asked this question to one of our assistant athletic trainers at the time. He said, or he asked, he said, um, what are three things we should take away from this experience in NFL? And the assistant trainer said, well, one, don't get attached to players because they come and go. And he said, two, don't take anything personal because on the field, in the spirit of competition, things can be said, not personal. Things happen, not personal. So don't take anything personal. And number three said, it's a business. So it's a business, just like I have my own business, just like Chrysler has a business, Walgreens, CVS, the insurance companies, NFL is a billion dollar business and the draft is that interview process essentially for this business and moving all those things aside controversies this is how a young man coming out of college is going to get the opportunity, one of the ways to get the opportunity to actually apply for a job in this multi-billion dollar industry, essentially. Mm -hmm. And combine's not perfect um, by any means, but that with any job, I'm hiring someone, you're hiring somebody, you want to interview them and you want to interview them in a way that shows their ability to do their job. And football is a sport, it is a game, and they have to assess their physical ability with some of the skills that they see on TV now as part of the NFL draft. That's one way to do it. Um, but also in part of the NFL draft is you know, you all see the, the skill assessment on, on TV, but another side of that is the whole medical side of it, where they're meeting with team docs. Um, I'm not a part of that process. It's all basically ortho neuro, but these athletes have sustained injuries in college sometimes, and those things need to be evaluated further by each team. Um, they also have 
interviews, actual face-to-face interviews with um, position coaches, GMs, people in management um, to further showcase their ability to get hired for this job. So it's, it's, a, it's a lot to it. Um, and then those beyond that, teams still bring guys in for um, for additional visits um, for after the draft, before the draft to try to get to know these guys. Because if they're going to actually spend the amount of money and invest the amount of time, because there are owners are investing money and expecting a return, they want to try to get to know these guys and see if they're a good fit for not just the the team, but the organization. Um, because depending on the position you are, if you're a quarterback or runner back or receiver, you could be the face of that franchise. So they want to make sure they're getting um, a quality prospect. Now, like within the investment, you always don't make the right call. <laughs> we all make bad investments and right. they don't pan out. But, you know, sometimes you got to take the risk. Hmm. That's I think that's, that's what most people don't understand about draft is, is you know, it's, it's, it's just part of doing business. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, that's so to be the fan that I am to be a fan for as long as I have been to play, you know, I've conceptualized it as a business. I fully understand and embrace it as a sport, but the point that you make about interviewing, Right. And and every organization that I've worked for, I've interviewed Um, as a business owner myself. I conduct interviews in corporate life. I gave interviews I I received. So interviews. Right. And who's going to tell any corporation X, Y, Z within, you know, the human resource laws, you know, employment rules, laws, expectations. You know, those are the boundaries, but within those boundaries, who's going to tell any company how to conduct their interview? Because ultimately they are looking to get that best employee, leader, executive, whatever they're interviewing for into their organization. So I think that's, you know, going back to the point shared with you as an intern, you know, that don't take it personal and it's a business and what you know, what it seems as us as fans, as we react on Twitter, you know, in other places about the things we see, it is a very emotional response that we give predicated on how these groups, entities, teams, franchises conduct their business. No, it, no, it definitely is. And like I said, they, they make the rules. Mm-hmm. So and in, in the industry, depending on what the entry is, they will make the rules depending on that their particular industry. So the combine is just one of those those things that they use in the evaluation process. Like I said, it's not perfect. It, it could go away, but even so, they still outside of the the combine, the individual colleges still have individual pro days, mm-hmm. which is you know not everybody gets invited to the combine. So a lot of times when all your schools whether it's University of Florida, whether it's Florida State, whether it's Oregon, they have their individual pro days where now they may have had, we'll say 10 players on that are seniors that got invited to the combine, but they got 30 seniors on their on their roster that are all trying to potentially 
interview in that standpoint or from a skill standpoint to get on somebody somebody's radar to potentially be drafted or signed as a um as the free agent so um the draft is one of those things that um i mean sometimes it hurts guys sometimes it elevates guys guys stock um in the interview process so i mean these guys i mean guys um now that now that i'm i'm older <laughs> i mean I, there's an age gap in myself and in the, the players um versus when i started with the team uh 14 years ago but yeah you handing essentially kids um that are 20 22 23 multi-million dollar contracts you know mm-hmm. growing up i mean only you had if you were 21 and had that much money either your parents had it or you know you were some type of uh, entertainer or child actor yeah you didn't have that opportunity it wasn't say you had the opportunity it wasn't seen you know where we were growing up unless you were doing some other activities legally um so yeah i mean it's it's a significant opportunity for them um to to play a sport professionally and um i mean make some actual life-changing money that if they're smart with their money can provide not just for themselves but for family members and provides what you want to term now generational wealth for their kids to come after them um so it's uh it's it's a i think it's a great thing i mean we all love the sport. I mean, people want to say baseball's America's favorite pastime. Yeah, it's football. It's football, and uh, well, you know, whether it's the amount of money spent at you know NFL games, college games. You remember growing up, even playing Pop Warner. I mean, you had grown men out there betting on you know Pop Warner football games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, down in Miami, they did they did the whole uh, Dateline special on the uh, Pop Warner and, and gambling down in Miami. So, indeed, yeah. or, or or shooting out high school football games because they don't lost the bet. Touche. You know, so um, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's it's. It's, it's hard to put into to words like, you know, the opportunities these guys have. Um, but they do try over the years with all the, the I guess, the, I'm going to say not the, just the soft stories of guys going broke um, uh, or just blowing money to provide them with the resources to um, excel and thrive and, and, and not be part of those situations where, you know, they're done, you know, at two or three years and, you know, they don't have anything to show for it, even though they've, you know, they made a million dollars or so. But, um, but I think too, you have to understand that this is their first job, potentially, professionally. And my son at one point, a couple years back says, I want to play football in the NFL. And I said, okay, my next question after that was, okay, so what are you going to do after that? Because if you're, if you're playing, the average career is, you know, 
two to three years, you come out at 21. Now you're 24, 25, what's going to be your next job? So I say, what's, what are you going to do after that? Because after that, you got to find work. So let's, let's jump into that a little bit because, you know, with the draft, with the combine, you know, everything that you share is insight, right? And, and often things as fans we won't, don't see. In the stratosphere, there is the comparison of the combine slash draft process, but I think a lot of people react to the images of the combine and they compare it to um, slave trade. And, you know, the poking and prodding of men, the, the, the looking at their physique, the muscle tone, the, the structure, bone structure, size of hand, size of this, length of this, et cetera. And so to watch pick a movie, 12 years a slave, and then turn on the NFL network or ESPN and see, you know, something that has similarities can be jarring. Um, I, for one, don't subscribe to that analogy explicitly, although, you know, see one, see another, because of what exists on the other side, you know, the, the opportunity to create wealth, the opportunity to pursue something that, you know, for most football players is a lifelong passion. And so with, uh, not even with, but to your point of what comes next, they offer resources to be the best phys physical athlete that they can be. They offer resources to manage their money. But in that transition from athlete to what's next, what is the NFL doing that you see? And where is there more opportunity? Um. Well, similarity between, you know, the NFL combine and, you know, almost like a, in, in slavery, I, I get it. But once again, it's interviews for a job and the interview process has to reflect the tasks we want them to do. And I think people can, can make that conclusion that or similarity that it's it's modern day um i hate saying slavery but or process of poking and prodding but i think you come to that conclusion just because yes the majority of the owners in the nfl are white okay um but i mean i think yeah the jackson jaguars owner who's minority um you now have the denver broncos um, who have a, a a group ownership that have some minorities as part of that. And same thing with um, now the Washington Commanders, the group that just bought them, um, have some minority owners. So, you know, just like with, you know, 20 years ago when they said, you know, 
the black quarterback couldn't thrive once more enough to to play quarterback, I think, over the next 20 years. I mean, the current owners won't be the owners of of the teams. And yeah, some of them might get somebody in the family might take them over, but in other cases, they probably might sell them. And this is me talking, not my theorizing. But you know, there could be more groups um, that contain minorities or so minority owners um, that could eventually own these these franchises. So I think if that was the case, you have more minority, minority ownership, you wouldn't necessarily be so so quick to put it into that categorization of, uh, you know, it's just like, you know, minor slavery where they're examining, poking and prodding. Um, the athletes just to figure out what's, you know, what's the best um, thoroughbred, you want to say that. Um, but think about when you when you buy something, you know, it's not it's not a huge market for like, you know, half a million dollar cars, right? But if you saw a car just on TV, watch video of it, you know, I really love that car. I like the way it handles. I like the way it moves. Um, it's half a million dollars. Would you buy it just off that, or would you want to test drive it? Not today. I would. Uh, I would. Me myself. I. We would have to spend a lot of time together to uh, to spend half a million dollars today. You know, future state. You know, it might just be you know a a, a drop in the bucket. Let's go do that. But, but, but you know, not, and I joke because generally speaking, no, I, I hear you loud and clear. You are going to spend some time with that, with that investment. But you'll, you'll, um, but now I think the half million dollar car, money's not an issue. The half million dollar car, you drive it and you like it. Right. Mm -hmm. But now let's say I tell you, price still a price. But now for, you spend this half a million dollars on this car. What if I tell you without you really looking under the hood and seeing what's going on that, you know, within that first year of you having this car, you want to put in the shop three or four times and you might miss it, you know, six, eight, 12 weeks out of the year. Mm. Are you still, uh, are you still want to mm. pay the money for that car? Yeah. First I tell you, you look up under the hood, can checks it out. Everything's solid. This thing is going to be good for you, potentially predicting it's going to be good for you for good four years. So, um, like I said, it's the interview process, and that's the business of it. And, you know, you don't, you don't buy a house without somebody inspecting the house and the foundation. So that's what you want to do is get in and say, you got to crack in the foundation or you got to leak your roof. So I think anything you're going to put money towards from an investment standpoint warrants some type of evaluation and you process or inspection. So it's no different. Okay. All right. So I, I want to shift a little bit. Um, you know, we talk draft, we talk combine, we, you know, we got technical, but you know, you also do, it, it's fun, right? So, you know, my first question is, as a practitioner of the NFL, employee within the realm, are you a football fan? Absolutely. 
Okay. Absolutely. Love the game. So then, you know, because I see you sometimes, you know, and I watch the course, I see you on the sideline and, you know, you look as attentive and detail focused as, you know, the head coaches sometimes. And so with the seat that you get week by week, um, for you, it's the Colts. You know, what are two, three things, again, that you see, you experience that the general uh, public, general fan base, even if they're in that 50-yard line, you know, a few seat, a few rows up from the sideline, that they still don't get to, to experience? What are those one, two, two, three things that that you see that we, the general fans, you know, don't get to experience or know about? Oh, well, first, the the size of the guys once they put on the pads. (laughs) (laughs) You already take somebody that's already big and then you put them in a cleat that's got another, you know, inch and a half, two inches on it, like, and then the shoulder pads and helmet, so... Not as one guy that I'm at his shoulder. I'm now at his armpit. You know, it's like it's big dudes, and they, and they solid. Um, that's one thing. Um, next thing I think would be the the speed of the game. Like it's fast. It is. It is fast. Like I don't. I don't think even TV does it justice because everybody is fast it's not like high school or even in college you know it's everybody moves fast I think I've shared with you before about when I was an intern with the Colts um we were at practice one day and you have these water cows where the guys can come up and and uh, get water but they're strategically placed by different position groups on the field and so forth during practices and done the same thing at University of Florida. Um, and because they have different plays with guys, they're on the sidelines or around the field. But depending on what's going on, you may have to move, get out of the way because a guy may be coming, you know, inadvertently towards the sideline. Um, and at Florida, it was like, oh, place coming your way. Okay. I get to a move because, I mean, you got time. I can move it out of the way. They're not going to get hurt. When I was an intern, I was at practice, and um, this is Peyton Manning, Marvin Harrison. They yelled, the play is coming to that sideline, the sideline I was on. <laughs> and I had just got a, like a Band-Aid out of my fanny pack for a guy giving it to him. And he's like, hey, Marcus, play's coming, yo, coming that way. I'm like, okay, cool. Let me give him the Band-Aid. I'm still just let me organize my pack and get everything back in there nice and neat how I need it and, and um, I heard him say hike <laughs> and mind you Marvin Harrison was on the, the wide out on the opposite side of the field at the hash mark before I could I, before I could zip up my fanny pack he was at that hash on my on my side of the field and I had to snatch that uh, that Gatorade cow out of the way so he didn't run into it. Mm. Mm. So 
Imagine if I had moved. Yeah, yeah might have been, like have, been it at the internship. That so, would have been it. You know, that, that's that's so interesting because you know, as watching from home in particular, when somebody on the sideline gets run into, first, you know, you hope that they're okay, right? Generally, you, you know, I hope they're okay, but it's almost like the moment at which they realize something is coming their way, you see it on their face. There's this but the ability to actually do something about it, nobody, they don't do. And, and, and to your point, often it's that scenario. If you see it, it's already too late. Yeah, it's a lot. And that's why you see me watching the field so intently. Because, um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really one, I mean, medical staff, we're all watching the field because we're looking for signs that a guy may be hurt, you know, you check when they come off the field um, or somebody that goes down so we can signal the right person to, to go out and, and evaluate them. So that's why we're watching the field because sometimes you might have two docs watching or attending somebody else. So you always got to have eyes on the field to see, you know, what's going on. Um, and then two, sometimes you get caught looking, but then you have something happening on the backside. You're not aware of. So you always have to kind of have your head on a swivel there. Um, because like I said, those guys cover ground fast and they're big and you 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 think you think you can handle a hit. Yeah, no, it, it hurts. <laughs> I've, I've, not, I've not been run over, but this past this past year, one of our other team docs, he was actually looking at the Jumbotron, not in our stadium, another stadium, and lo and behold. Somebody else came and ran. I mean, full body, took him out. Mm. I mean, sore. I didn't break anything, but um, yeah, he, he was hurting. He's in the sixties. He even bounced back, <laughs> you know, too quickly. But you know, check him out. He's fine. No concussions. Nothing like that. But um, but yeah, he he was feeling it for a couple of days. You know, thinks reminds me about um, uh, White Frenny. Uh, was telling us when he went, they used to have that Gatorade Sports Science Show where they had, you know, players run as fast as they can and and do their spin moves, stuff like that. He, um, they invited him to do sports science because they wanted him to the time and spin move. He was telling us, and um, the guy wanted to, the guy had football pads and helmets on and sensors. He wanted to basically see how hard he can hit him and, and measure that force. And I said he was like, "Want me to hit you?" So yeah, hit me. And so first time he hit him, but he said, "No, yes, no, I want you to hit me." Backed up and ramped up again. Said, "No, I need you to hit me. I need you to don't hold anything back." Third time, he hit him and broke six of his ribs. (laughs) You know, (laughs) so yeah. Everybody's bodies are made and are durable enough to get on pads, you know. So he's not a big, he wasn't a big guy from what I remember. So, yeah, you got somebody that's, you know, 6'3, you know, 240, 250 coming at you full speed. Yeah. And that's, that's like, that's basically a car crash happening every week. Every week. Yeah. Every week. 
And that's yeah. what I, when, when I have patients that come in my office because they've been, if they've been in a car accident and they say, I'm sore, we know nothing's broke. And I say, well, yeah, that's, that's what a football player is feeling sometimes the day after a game. Mm. A couple of days after a game. No, that's, that's fair. And I, you know, and I guess, you know, in the, in the realm of players' health, you know, just the fact that the teams have you there is indicative of their commitment, their investment to heal, to treat, to recover. And so, you know, that's the expected, so to speak, right? We know there'll be collisions. We know their hits. We know their soreness. Uh, DeMar Hamlin had something a little different. And I think the world, football world, got one to see the powerful, the magnificence of the medical crews um, that that support each franchise, support the stadium, support the teams, because ultimately they saved their life on the field. And so talk a little bit about you know, your role, you know, you started, you're a healthcare provider, you know, you, you entered for the professional realm as that period, the Colts came apart of football via the Colts came about as a part of your journey. But as a healthcare provider provide, you know, that participates with a medical team, again, we know concussions, DeMar Hamlin, you know, what, what would you tell the general fan base that about those teams and about the work that you all are doing to ensure that the players are healthy, the players are safe, the players are recovering um, so that they can be successful on the field, but also when they're not on the field. So, you know, like to DeMar Hamlin, situation um freak accident um but people in the health industry know that that those type of things have happened before um uh and it must have been 10 15 years it seemed like it was happening in little league um baseball softball where somebody gets hit kids that's why i start wearing those chest protectors now if you're the pitcher's helper or something like that and the coach pitch and so forth um but you know, for every NFL game, there's a medical meeting. Um, and the reason for that medical meeting and that medical meeting is for training staff of the home team, the training staff of the of the visiting team with the paramedic staff at the stadium as well. So everyone's on the same page as to what needs to happen if something, you know, tragic happens. So that's routine, you know, um, you know, who's going to, I mean, down to the, who's making the call for paramedics, what, what, uh, what, what, what interest the paramedics is coming in from, who's going to handle spine boarding if that's the case, even down to who's, if it's the home team, what trainers go on to the hospital with the player, if it's the away team, who's going to be the point of contact for the home team, for that way team to make sure that they get everything when they need when they go to the hospital. So all those things are broken out and it, it's, it's routine. 
Um, our training staff has, you know, regular review and training every year on spine board injuries, um, use of AED. Um, so, you know, they reacted how they were trained and they did it. They did it perfectly in that situation with the Hamlin situation. So, because um, the, the last thing, because any health care professional in that scenario wants to have happen is have a death on the field happen because you were not prepared mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. for that situation. So all those scenarios are are going through over and over again. Okay. And, and to see that situation play out at home, to me, I saw that that worked just the way they, they were trying to do it. Okay. So for me, everybody did their job. It could have been a different outcome, but everybody did their job. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, from the standpoint of, and that's from an emergency medical standpoint, but from the standpoint of, um, you know, providing recovery, nutrition, you have nutritionists, dietitians, um, sports psych, uh, people on st on staff for the teams um, to help with these guys um, because it is a, is a, is a physical sport. It's hard on the body, but, you know, some of these guys have never been hurt or injured before. So when they do have sustained an injury, mentally, um, it can it can mess with them a little bit um, and throw down their mind as far as can I come back from this? Um, what's it going to be like? Am I going to still have a job at the end of the day? So you have sports psych personnel, you have player personnel, directors that did basically are there to help these guys and get them with the right people to surround them with a good support system. And always too, if they've got good family support, um, that's key too, because I think our director of player personnel, I mean, former, former player, um, he's, he's great. If a guy gets hurt, if a guy um, concussion, he's once he knows something, he's on the phone with the, the players' families, girlfriends, wives, you know, to let put them at ease about what's going on, you know, um, or even put them on the phone to say, hey, you know, he's okay, he can talk, you know. So it, a lot of those things people don't understand because, I mean, as a fan, you're watching the sport and you want your team to win or mm -hmm. you're, you're, um, you, um, just heavily vested in just how this player is playing, or you're not. You've now we got fantasy leagues and all you know, oh, you know all these things that that uh, you know, you or I can can make a mistake in a in a job and nobody knows, and it's it's not heavily criticized. But now with social media, I mean they're they're under scrutiny all the time, and so that too. So people don't know how to navigate that because even to me, this whole, you know, cyberbullying thing with kids and stuff like that is is new. Well, same thing happens to them too. <laughs> now it's just adults doing the same thing mm -hmm. because because they're not performing, you know, at the level they should or they're always hurt or you missed this tackle. 
But when you win and you play well, hey, everybody's seeing your everybody everybody That can change. Yeah, that yeah. can change week to week. Mm-hmm. So the same person that was loving you, <laughs> you know, one week can be your biggest enemy the next week, and they have to try to navigate those things. Um, so yeah, the, the teams do provide them with um, support that's there that they can utilize. Um, they just have to utilize it, but it's there. Well, this has been good. Um, you know, good insight. You know, I, I'm, I'm glad you are also an NFL fan because that way you can speak to the fans that aren't on the inside. Um, so, you know, powerful medical teams, it's a business. Um, and even for us fans, um, the advice given to you, you know, we don't have to necessarily take it as personal. You know, for me, I'm diehard, so I do get in my feelings. I get into my emotions. Um, but, you know, this conversation with you even um, gives me perspective to, you know, don't be so harsh on Saquon um, as he tries to, you know, negotiate and figure out his contract. So we'll leave it there, take a break, and be right back. This is Conversations with Carlton, our guest today, Dr. Marcus McCray. We'll be back in a few moments. You gotta see the monster to be able to destroy the monster. He took the military out before he took the civilians. Who does that? Under Under his his watch. Welcome back to Conversations with Carlton. I am here with Dr. Marcus McCray, chiropractor for the Indianapolis Colts and owner practitioner for Excel Sports Chiropractic. So we talk headliners, we merge headliners and what in the sports. So what that leaves us with, are you entertained? So in all your busyness with your own practice, uh, football season is upon you. For us fans, we still got a couple more months. But in all of that, what is Dr. Marcus McCray watching? Ooh, um, my eyelids most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, but the four kids... It's, it doesn't leave much time to watch anything I would say consistently because mm. uh, you got done with my daughter's softball practice at like 8.30 last night. So get home, get squared away, eat, and maybe read a little something. Mm-hmm. Talk to my wife, and then there's time to lay it down. Um, but if I, if I watch most recently is um, – and even it's probably it's been a week since I saw the episode uh, Succession. 
Okay. Yeah. All right. So, did you just start it or have are you kind of a raindrop watcher? You watch a drop here, you watch a drop there. Well, I, no. So this is the second season. I don't know what episode I'm on. Okay. But, um, yeah. So it is raindrop because you know I, I get up in the morning and I may turn it on while I'm doing some cardio in the morning, but um, but you might get 30 minutes here, 15 minutes there, you know, so it just kind of spaced out. So. Yeah. Succession is on my list. I, I know a lot of people that watch it. Um, you know, I see the previews. It definitely looks intriguing, but I I've not gravitated towards succession yet myself. Anything particular that makes that, you know, one of the shows that you actually get to. Um, yeah, it, it, I, like, I like the controversy with it as far as, um, well, it's a, it's a it's a business about a, a family <laughs> owning a business and sure. and um, and just um, some of the the moves as far as the kids trying to trying to be the next one to take over the business um, and even you know in the last episode I saw where they're trying to trying to sell the business um, so. But yeah, it's just it's, it's something that I can just get away, dive into, and not think about some other stuff. Because usually in the mornings when I when I get up, it's one, it's quiet, <laughs> so that's my quiet time. Mm-hmm. And then two, it's like so I can have those conversations with myself <laughs> and 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 watch um and watch something that does happen. It's not the news. It's not it's not sports. It's not ESPN. It's just. So I, I do try to do that in the mornings as far as uh, when I wake up, just watch something that's just more with a sitcom or or some type of series. So, all right, all right. I, I I respect it a lot of times, whether again on the show or even in my coaching practice. Um, I talk about how important the start of the day is, and whether it's for information, entertainment, or your profession, put in some space before you start consuming, you know, the the heavier content. And even ESPN some days can be heavy-ish in 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 the things they talk about. So, you know, having something else that ease into the day is definitely a good a value add to the morning routine. All right. And so feel free with this next one to be completely honest. You know, I know you, but you know, I know what you grew up listening to. So what, what, what are you listening to? What, what's that album, that artist, that song that, you know, is catching your ear right now? Um, well, I'm kind of going into the, um, just plugging Apple music and let it go. But honestly, the, the past, the past uh, week, for some reason, it's been two thousands um, hip hop and rap. So, all right, put that genre on, and 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 I don't have to skip or do anything like that. Um, I can understand what they're saying, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, man, yeah. I mean, it's it's yeah, I, yeah. Just I can so. And this and, and this is relevant because I, I um I find as I have these conversations um and talk music that everybody we each have our own style and approach. You know, mm-hmm. I am one who I I want an album, right? I, I like 
the journey of an album. All albums don't give me what I want, but to get an album that I can just go to and play, that's what I seek when I'm in music mode. You know, I do playlists sometimes, but what I hear you saying is you, you get up, earphones, car stereo, however you connect, but you just say a genre, a time period, and just let it go. You don't, go ahead. Yeah, when I can, yeah. Okay. But, um, like I said, 2000s, I can do that. I seem like 2000s, I can do that. You get beyond that, or even, even like 90s can't bounce around. But so I can tell you when that when when that happens, I like my outcast. Okay. Too yeah, I, I can I can put on that station and let it just go to. Okay. All right. So you do you have the outcast station. All right. All right. I dig it. I dig it. Um any, you know, so to say two thousands, um, any particular song get you inspired, maybe that you hadn't connected with in a while inspire you saying it's, it's well you're talking about inspire or get you thinking about when i was back in 2000 know, it's, it's a public platform so i chose oh. the word inspire but i think you know what i mean <laughs> oh oh it's so many man there's so many and it's funny because i've had it on that station and my son is looking at me like i'm taking a practice or something like that I'm like Every song, I'm like, yeah, like every song, you know, like you know, because I, I was, I, I mentioned it on the um, couple podcast episodes ago, but for me, it was Snoop. Um, to you know, he's still relevant. Mm -hmm. He's still present. He makes music. You know, he's not the hardcore MC. You know that he was back in 1990 something, but he's in our day to day. I just watched, you know, his comedy special on Netflix, but so. Snoop is present. Snoop is in my mind. I know what he did. I know who he is. But man, I listened to Doggy Style a couple weeks ago. Just you know, sat back and listened, and I was, I was, I was re-impressed with skill, energy. You know, the content is not that I would share with my my child at this stage of his his life. But for what it was in terms of content for us, granted, probably the same age back in 1990 something, um, I was just it was it was that that word, that that inspiration in, in just how much skill, how much fire, how much talent that he and his crew brought in that doggy style album. And so when I go back or, you know, go into some 90s, early 2000s music sometimes i i am i get that surprise because i i forget i disconnect with how talented um an artist may have been i get that with biggie because i don't think i truly like even during that time period really like listen and now it's like hey all right mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. but uh but it's 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 funny because treated out at the facility now in off season two days a week and the guys and while they're doing rehab and stuff in the training room there 
they have their music on. And and you know, it's, it's the it's the catchy beat, you know, something I bow my head to it or but then it's funny because myself and another trainer actually were listening this Tuesday, this past Tuesday morning, and we heard <laughs> the lyrics and we're like, oh, so that's what we're doing now. Like, wow, like <laughs> I don't even know who the artist was, but it was like, wow, wow. Like, I just, I just, I got a, I pictured, I pictured my dad probably hearing like, um, um, Luke Skywalker and Two Route Crew back in the day. Like, <laughs> they want to be like him probably hearing those lyrics. Yeah. And I was, these lyrics, yeah. I'm like, whoa, okay. Yeah. All right. No. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't, um, I did not imagine to grow up with the music that we grew up with. I did not imagine that at this stage in my life, an artist or rapper in particular could also still make me blush. Um, but, you know, Cardi B comes to mind uh, as much as I am a fan. Um, sometimes she says that thing and I'm like, okay, yeah. all right, okay. All right, so that's what you watching. That's what you're listening to. Uh, what are you reading? Uh, once again, like with the uh, TV shows, kind of a spot reader as far as when I have time. Because sometimes I have intent on reading a couple pages and I'm out. Mm. Uh, but book I'm reading now, actually, is two books. When I started, I just threw out my son just just to get him to read something different. But um once the uh the body's keeping the score okay um and actually um andrew luck told me to check it out and read it he was reading at the time and um yeah it's uh yeah pretty insightful book as far as you know talking about how traumas physical traumas mental traumas how it's stored at a a neurophysiological level in the body. So even as a something could happen to you as a kid, um, that you know whether you, you're conscious remembered or not, it could affect how you respond to quote unquote everyday stuff as an adult. Um, and yeah, it touches on like. You know, when you're in a traumatic situation, um, you could, some people, first first thing is to be what they call go the social way of getting help, meaning yell for help or um, try to get someone's attention. And then if that doesn't work, the next thing is you go into that fight or flight where you're trying to fight somebody off. And, you know, and if that doesn't, doesn't work, and you're, as you said in the book, because um, this passage stuck with me since I read it, um, if you're pinned down and can't go anywhere, then the body shuts down. So you freeze. Catatonic state, because it's trying, it can't preserve the body, but it's trying to preserve the brain. Mm. And I was like, whoa. It's like, oh. So, and even in doing so, you know, whatever's happening to you, 
it's protecting the brain, but it still knows what's going on. And it can predict how you you respond to certain things later on in life, whether you're always in that fight or flight mode, or if you go into that, as they call it, just uh, catatonic mode where you, where you freeze and why some people respond that way in certain situations. Um, and it's basically, it's, it's, a, it's a psychiatrist writing the book, but he, so he's coming from the standpoint of the, how, the way you kind of heal people or you can attempt to heal people if you gotta, you can't just do, you know, um, a physical type exercise. You have to try to heal the brain first in order to then kind of work through these other issues they may have. So, um, yeah, that's a, it's, it's been a good read. So, All right. All right. The we, one will, we will definitely put that one on the list. Um, yeah. Yeah, because I, I I'm familiar, I've, I'm aware of it. Um, hadn't I haven't even read the inside flap or the back of it to know, you know, where it goes. Um, so, all right, all right, we'll 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 the audience will hear it. Audience, check it out. But unsolicited genius will add it to its book list and and you know dive into it and and see what we can explore. Well, that's it, brother McCray. Brother Dr. McCray, um, thank you first and foremost for gracing us with your presence. I know uh, you're a busy man. You're a busy man. I'm sure there's patients outside in the lobby now. But um, uh, thank you for the insight. Uh, the NFL, the Colts and the NFL are better for having you. Um, I'm better for having you and our audience as they see and receive this podcast episode will be better for it in particular um the nfl fans so um that's it my brother thank you for coming uh and joining us and so to the audience this has been another episode of conversations with carlton our guest today is dr marcus mccray don't forget to like subscribe follow wherever we are instagram twitter facebook uh i'm on linkedin Craig told y'all on the previous episode, don't mess with him in, in Facebook. He don't do LinkedIn, but we're on Instagram, we're Twitter, Unsolicited Genius. And don't forget to catch us every Monday, 8.30 Eastern, 7.30 Central PM on YouTube for Unsolicited Genius Live. Until next time, good morning, good afternoon, good night. Unsolicited Genius. Unsolicited Genius. Unsolicited Genius.